As I sat in my sports car, preparing for the race of a lifetime, my manager Ruth shot me a nervous look. If your dad finds out, we're dead meat. Hmm, they're probably giving away some charity award somewhere. Besides, they already control everything. This is my way of living my life. Now sit still. As I drifted and turned the car around, Ruth was screaming, Slow down, your royal highness! Oh, come on. The fun has just begun. I pumped up the gas, and my brand new Ferrari was whooshing past the rest of the cars, putting me ahead in the race. Told you I'd win. Just then, a big van came out of nowhere and started clicking my pictures. Time to run. Hi, I'm Penelope, a real-life princess from Belgium. I grew up with really controlling parents. They planned my daily schedule and made me go to boring meetings and dinners so I'd be ready for my duties one day. I wasn't even allowed to go to school or parties with people my age. My life was miserable. After what had happened at the race that day, everyone in the kingdom called me the crazy princess. The media is having a ball. This is so harmful to our reputation. Your reputation? I aced that race, and they're saying I came in second. If anyone's reputation is hurt, it's mine. Enough. You are next in line to the throne, Penny. Mend your ways or I'll get you married. I'm 17. You can't get me married. I must be at least 18 according to the rules. I am the king and I set the laws. Dad received a call and left before I had a chance to argue any further. Surely he wasn't serious, right? The next morning, I was swimming in my private pool when Ruth walked in with William, Prince of Denmark and my childhood best friend. I got out and hugged him tight. Wow, you've become prettier over the years. I wish I could say the same for you. We laughed and decided to catch up over dinner. But when I got to the table, I saw him talking to my parents, and they looked serious. What's going on? Penny, darling, we were just discussing the venue for the marriage. Oh wow, who's getting married? Us. William looked at me grinning, and I felt my mind numb. Suddenly, I found myself dragging William outside. What the heck was that? I want to get married to you. I've always liked you and your parents don't seem to have a problem. But I do. I don't want to get married to you or anybody. I'm 17 for the love of God. Is that why you're here? Did my parents put you up to this? Wait, don't answer that. I already know. I turned around and walked off, leaving William alone. And after that day, things just weren't the same. I avoided William all day long, and it came to a point where I couldn't step out of the house. It was insane. Just as I was trying to figure out a way out of this, Ruth told me she was leaving for New York on official duty for a year. You can't leave me. You're the only one on my side. Then join me. Nobody knows you there. You'd be free to do what you like. That did sound like a brilliant idea, but I knew mom and dad would never allow that. That didn't mean I couldn't try. So the next day, I went to their chambers to have a one-on-one. -on -one. I want to finish my last year of school in New York. No one, least of all William, should know where I am. And why should we listen to you? You have to if you want me to get married. If this is the last year of my single life, I'd rather spend it away from all this drama. After hours of arguing, they finally caved and agreed to enroll me in one of the best schools in New York under a different name, Mia. Within a week, I was on a plane to my new life. But New York was busier than I'd imagined. If not for Ruth, I would have totally lost my way. Tired and exhausted, I hit the shower as soon as I reached the hotel. But just as I entered the bathroom, I saw someone under the sink. If you're a thief, let me warn you, I know karate. Really? I'd love to see that, Jackie Chan. Don't come up. 
I will legit punch you. I quickly left and grabbed myself a robe. Come out. The guy slowly dragged himself out, and when I saw his face, I almost passed out. He had to be the most handsome guy I'd ever seen. If you're done staring, can I leave? I have another job to get to. Not so soon, mister. Do you know what would have happened if I didn't see you? This is a strict violation of human rights. I'm late. Call a protest, light a candle, I don't care. My job's done. And he turned around and left. What a jerk. That night, I couldn't get a wink of sleep and woke up feeling annoyed and exhausted. I would have skipped my first day if Ruth hadn't boosted my confidence. As I entered the classroom, I immediately noticed a familiar face, the hot plumber guy. And unfortunately, he was the only one with an empty seat next to his. I'm Asher. What? If you're stalking me, you might as well know my name. You wish. I joined recently. It's my first day. Explains why you're wearing your skirt inside out. I looked down and he was right. How embarrassing. As if that wasn't awkward enough. Asher was also my lab partner and just the weirdest guy ever. I'd never seen him talk to anyone, and he was always either with his books or playing football. If I tried talking to him, he would awkwardly turn in the other direction. What was up with this guy? A few days later after school, I was happily relaxing in my hotel when someone knocked on my door. Asher. You forgot your list of lab supplies. Uh, thanks. You could have given these to me tomorrow in school. I don't know about you, but this class is really important to me, so don't screw up on these. It's important for me too. Clearly. Anyway, I'd love to stop and chat, but I'm late for my night job. Unlike you, I have work to do. Did he just call me useless? Asher turned to leave, but I ran behind him. Hey, jerk, I know you think all the world's weight is on your shoulders, but it's not. Everyone has their battles, so don't you dare talk down to me again. I turned around and left, slamming the door in anger. What an absolute piece of work this guy was. When I told Ruth about him, she had the weirdest thing to say. Maybe he has a crush on you. What? No. The guy hates me for some reason. And he's such a prude. Gosh, he gets on my nerves. And yet, somehow all we've done is speak about him. Whatever. A few days later, we had a surprise literature test. And I aced it. But I saw Asher sulking in the corner. And later, during an experiment, he screwed up badly and spilled everything on the counter. His mind was clearly somewhere else. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Just do your thing. Fine, dude. I was just asking. <sighs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. It's just that I've scored miserably on my literature paper. If I don't get this right, I'll lose my chances of ever getting a scholarship. What's a scholarship? Asher gave me a confused look before explaining it to me. I had no idea that people struggled so much to get a good education. For the first time ever, I felt lucky to be born rich. Fine. I'll help you. You will? Yeah, but you'll owe me one, and you'll stop pissing me off. Deal? Deal. Soon after, Asher and I started with his classes in my hotel room, and he was worse than I thought. My love is like a red, red rose. It blooms in June. Who talks like that? Ahem. <clears throat> now take my hand, look into my eyes, and say it again. And try not to sound like a robot. Asher took a deep breath and did exactly what I asked. But just when he took my hand, I felt a weird rush in my body. My love is like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June that's sweetly played in tune. How was that? Wow, that was brilliant. Yeah, cool. Uh, that was, um, good. Pretty awesome, actually. My heart was racing faster than ever. 
What was this heart-pounding rush? I'd never felt anything like that before. Asher and I were still holding hands when the door flung open and I saw William standing there. I leave you for a month and I already have competition, but why this peasant? William, what the heck are you doing here? I came to check up on my girl. Oh, shut up. I thought we were over this. Just leave me alone. I won't let you go this easy, love. William tried to take my hand, but Asher interrupted him. I don't think Mia needs you here. Now, if you don't want your butt kicked, I suggest you leave. Her name's Penelope. If you like a girl, at least get her name right. I'm leaving now, but this isn't over. After William left, Asher turned to me, confused. What was he talking about? Asher looked at me confused as I told him the whole story. Whoa, that's insane. You're an actual princess? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to live like a normal person for once. Suddenly, I felt my hand on his, and my stomach erupted with butterflies. I hope you won't throw me in the dungeons for being a jerk to you before. I just might, if you annoy me again. After that day, Asher and I got a lot closer. He promised not to tell anyone about me, and I promised to help him with acing his literature tests. Once we got talking, I learned that we had a lot in common. My parents are too busy in their own world. I was always ambitious, and they had no money so I figured out a way to make it on my own. Now, I love being independent. I wish I could make my life the way I wanted. You can. All you gotta do is be brave. From here, as he laid my hands on his chest, I could feel his heart pounding, fast and hard. I was falling for him, and I knew he felt the same way when he asked me to be his date for the Halloween party. Life was good, except William was always around me, and that was kind of annoying. When I told my parents about him, they were actually supportive of his behavior. You should be happy he loves you so much. I suggest you come back and let go of this foolish adventure. Why did they hate me so much? One day before the party, when I walked into school, I saw William waiting for me on his knees and a life-size bouquet. Beautiful flowers for my beautiful date. I'll pick you up at 8 tomorrow. No need. I already have a date. Who? That peasant from the hotel? Come on. You deserve a prince like me. Only royalty can match royalty, and you know that. That's enough, William. You were my childhood friend, and I respected that for as long as I could, but I'm done. Teach your lessons on royalty to my parents who love you so much, but leave me out of it. You'll regret this. Yeah, whatever. That evening as I got dressed, I got a text from William that he was leaving and I couldn't be happier. Good riddance. When Asher came to pick me up, I was shocked to see him stepping out of his car, looking like an absolute dream. We entered the party dressed as Cinderella and Prince Charming, and people couldn't stop gushing over how amazing we looked together. The mood became better when the song shifted to a slow number. You look beautiful tonight. Just tonight? I fell for you the day I saw you, and I never stopped liking you. Is that why you were so rude to me? It was a way of keeping my feelings under control. I thought you'd distract me from my goals, but I was so wrong. Asher pulled me closer till our faces were inches apart, and he gently kissed me on my cheek. And suddenly the song changed again, and we lost our moment. Let's get out of here. I'd like that. Asher took my hand and took me to the school rooftop, overlooking the entire city of New York. It was beautiful. Penny, I know you're a princess, and I would never be able to match your status. 
but will you date me and make me the happiest person on earth? It was a dream come true to meet a guy like Asher, and I was the happiest I'd been in a long time. But just as I was about to say yes, the door of the roof crashed open and suddenly, I had people taking my pictures left, right, and center. Is he your new boyfriend, Penelope? Will you leave the crown to get married to him? Show us the ring! I wanted to leave, but there was no way out. Just then, I caught a hold of one of the guys with the camera. Who sent you? Tell me now or I'll destroy your career. The guy got scared and told me he got an anonymous tip from someone named Asher. No way! I immediately started looking for Asher when I saw him taking money from one of the media people. How could you betray me? Penny, listen to me. This isn't what it looks like. I'm not blind. I just saw you taking money from him. If you needed money, you could have just asked. You're worse than William. At least he didn't lie. Asher tried to stop me, but I was too heartbroken to stop. Soon after, I called Ruth and asked her to get me on a private plane back to Belgium. I wanted her to come along, but her work in the States wasn't over yet. As soon as I landed, the driver took me to the hospital and not the palace. What's happening? Where are we going? You'll find out soon enough, your royal highness. My heart was beating nervously as the security led me to a private room and saw Dad with a thousand machines beeping over his head. Dad, oh my god, what happened? Penny, you're a sight for sore eyes. I turned to Mom and she told me that Dad had been unwell for quite some time. When he learned that I was dating someone out of royalty, he just couldn't take it. I'm sorry, Dad. I let you down. But I've learned my lesson. I'll do everything you say. I just want you to take over the crown and get married to William. He's perfect for you, honey. Even though I didn't agree with Dad, I nodded with a heavy heart. The news of my marriage and coronation spread like wildfire. Mom planned a major event inviting all the royal families of the world. As I stepped into my wedding gown, I could feel my heart sinking. Asher was the love of my life, but I had to make the sacrifice in the name of my family. I was walking down the aisle when Ruth came running into the church. Stop! Stop the wedding! Ruth, what are you doing? I have to do this. For Dad, for... Stop being dramatic. He doesn't love you. He's only after your money. Ruth told everyone how after I'd left, she went back to the hotel to get the rest of my stuff and ran into William. But he told me he'd left. That's exactly what I was wondering too. So I followed him to a club and saw him making out with random girls. She went on to tell how William's parents were practically broke and they wanted to marry their son off to recover money. That's not true. She's lying. He was the one who tipped off the media about you. For money. I looked at William who had turned pale as paper. Spill the truth. Now. Fine. I did it. And I'm not sorry. How could you choose that peasant over me? I'm royalty. I slapped his face hard. I swear to God, if you say royalty one more time, I will have your sorry butt arrested. Now, if you have an ounce of shame, take your parents and get out. When I reached the palace that night, mom and dad were more than apologetic, and it was decided I'll take the throne with or without the husband. But before that, there was one more thing I had to do. Ruth, I already know. Here's your ticket. Go get him. I hugged her and left immediately for New York and booked the same hotel. When I reached the room, I loosened the sink and asked specifically for Asher. Excuse me? Anyone home? I'm in here. Hand me the screwdriver, please. Ma'am, could you come out, please? Sure. Let me just... Oh! Penny, what are you doing? Get out of there. Are you hurt? 
probably not as much as I hurt you. I'm sorry for not trusting you. Ruth told me how William manipulated the situation. I was just paying them to get rid of them. I know that now. So, you think you can forgive me? Or, I'd rather order you since I'm the queen and all, so... Asher pulled me in for a kiss, and it was everything I'd hoped for. Hi friends! This story's gonna surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse. And it was all my fault. It's just the way I am. Lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of prank. By the way, that's what my parents thought too. Very funny, Sylvia, smiled my mother. Where did you hide the camera? In the sugar bowl? Except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank. And in fact, I had no idea what to do. My parents never yelled at me, so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week. By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning and I locked myself in my room listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though. They were too different to enjoy each other's company. Mother was a very kind but extremely serious person, with a decent profession, a high-paying job, and a classic American family. Aunt Nikki, on the other hand, it was like she was stuck at the age of 18, dressed very strangely, into mystical stuff, sang mantras, and never worked. What do you live on, Nikki? My mother was indignant every time. I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week. This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia, he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. 
And what came of it? The best week in American history! I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers, and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. And I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, appreciating the joke. But I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it. Okay, not going in means not going in. There were so many perks of living with my aunt. We talked about everything. We went for walks, did yoga, dancing like crazy to weird music. And all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day. Then I accidentally overheard a conversation that I wasn't supposed to hear. Aunt Nikki, it turned out, was helping people solve their problems. No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia. More like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. I happened to be part of one of those consultations, going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up, a woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation, and we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money, I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers, she nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. <laughs> Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I liked hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, the doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Halliwell, your five pizzas, they're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as I began to make a plan of action. I had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what. I wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny. I would have been more specific if I didn't have a fat F in geography. Over the next couple of days, I figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook. 
early in the morning when my aunt was asleep. She always slept so soundly, and she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out, and it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step, and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side, and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool. Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich. You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are. The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook. What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia. I think he'll be displeased and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again, where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I love my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses. Stop. The horror immediately evaporated. 
Really? I frowned, and only now, looking closely at my aunt, I noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter. <laughs> In fact, she wasn't holding back anymore. Aunt Nikki was laughing like a madwoman. And I threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number. Sylvia, come on, it's no time to talk. There was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. The Oscars were on their way, mom. I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures. So she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school. To save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. 
A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato, my classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door, just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, 
but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. <sighs> Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. 
Maybe we could try again? I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.